Yeah, for me here, the passion is that uh, if I have a, a more minimalistic lifestyle in terms of everything regarding, you know, using resources or even travel, I feel happier because I, I just have, even psychologically, I have less weight to carry. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. We bring you leaders acting on their environmental values because too many people told me, I want to act, but if others don't, then what I do won't matter. We're here to make it obvious that you're not alone. You're part of a global community, a majority. Also, too many people told me, doing small things doesn't make enough of a difference and big things take too much work. Action matters more than the size you start with. You'll hear how action motivates guests from small things to doing big things. You won't find guilt, blame, doom, gloom, or telling people what to do. You will find leading without relying on authority, which brings what I found missing from acting on environmental values. Joy, discovery, growth, community, meaning, purpose, value, sharing. With global demand for environmental action, I bet you'll see that acting on your values doesn't distract from your life and career. Following these leaders' footsteps and beyond enjoying the environment, I bet you'll see promotions, raises, more loyalty and trust in your relationships, and more. We're now several dozen episodes into the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This conversation with Bailin Torvat is actually my very first recording for the podcast. I did Bailin's podcast when I was promoting my book, Leadership Step by Step. We became friends and he was a big guide for me and helped me mentor into getting started with the podcast. And I hope you can hear the chemistry that he and I share. He is also a physicist who went into business. I think you can hear the scientific perspective and uh, we're a little bit geeky. It being early, I had not yet gotten into a rhythm. I probably talked too much, but what I talked about was sharing what prompted the podcast and my acting on the environment to do more than just things for myself, but to involve other people, which was prompted by how well things went for me before. And you can hear that I'm looking for him to share his passions so that he can act on them and do things for himself, not just to comply for others. So let's listen to the conversation and hear another sign or two scientists talking about the environment and acting on it. I'm here with Balint Horvat, and this is the very first recording of my Leadership in the Environment podcast. I've been meaning to do it for a while, and I've picked Balint, sorry about the, <laughs> the pronunciation, to be the first one, partly because you're another physicist, partly because you're a podcaster, partly because I did your podcast as, I think I was your first repeat guest, and the second one was because we connected on on the environment and caring about this and coming both from people who studied nature and science. I feel humbled, of course, uh, and I, I very much appreciate that uh, I could be featured as, a, as, a, as your first uh, guest, first recording on your podcast series. Yeah, please tell us about yourself. So I started my podcast in, in December. Officially, that was the launch. But even before, of course, I had some preparation. Ever since then, I've been enjoying it, um, giving, uh, having guests on my podcast. It's called The Hardware Entrepreneur. This means I uh, bring on to the show people from the hardware entrepreneurship scene, so people who create physical products. And actually, even in the first episode that I've done, that I've recorded, where I introduce myself, I talk about also sustainability because uh, you know, to produce physical goods, products, you need to use resources. Therefore, it's also very important to talk about and take into account the environmental impact aspects of your 
production. I'm excited now to, to further explore this topic. So as you refer to it, Josh, you've been on, my, on the podcast, on my podcast twice, and the second time you came on to the show was about uh, sustainability. We discussed some topics regarding that, so I encourage the listeners to check out that episode as well. It's easy to, to search for it on Google, The Hardware Entrepreneur. One thing that I want to come out of this podcast is I think everybody thinks about the environment. I think everybody cares and everybody thinks about it. And I think, I don't think people realize the wealth and variety and differences of, of different views on the environment. I think I quickly realized how many different people see it in different ways. And so I'm, I really want to catch your views. I want to get a little bit more about you also. I, I should have mentioned this at the beginning. I note that you have an accent relative to mine. It doesn't sound American. So uh, where are you right now and where are you from? I'm trying to do my best uh, to have a, a bit of American accent, uh, but originally I come from Hungary and uh, I live now in Switzerland since 2009. I have some more connection, let's say, with the US apart from just you know striving for the American accent because actually I spent there one year during my exchange student time at the university and I even did an internship there and uh, yeah. Even now, for my podcast, I have mostly or many times American um, entrepreneurs on the show. Now, if I remember right, you have a PhD in physics like I do. And how did you decide to study physics and how did you decide to stop studying physics? <laughs> Good question. Of course, I, I don't uh, regret now that uh, I've changed somewhat the field, at least uh, my narrow focus. So first, uh, how I started it, I've always been interested in, uh, since I was a child, um, physics and uh, how things work. And uh, actually, when I was a child, I even had uh, Einstein, his uh, profile, his picture on, on my wall, framed, because uh, I, I, he was my idol. For other people, maybe, I don't know at that time who the, the music idol was today is Justin T uh, Bieber, for example, or uh -huh. Justin Timberlake. But for me, it was Einstein. And even at that time, I, I wanted to be a physicist, but it was not a uh, straight path because I actually studied uh, first computer science. I didn't like it. Then I changed to electrical engineering. I finished it, got a master's. And then I wanted to do the PhD and, uh, in optics, photonics. And it happened that in Europe, such a program was offered by the physics department. So in the end, I got my PhD in physics. So you're and like a big time nerd because the picture of, <laughs> of Einstein, it wasn't like Michael Jordan or what you know, an American <laughs> kids would have up or, or pictures of, of girls or something like that. When I was a kid, I was good at math and science and I tried to hide it because it was socially, you know, I was, I was, I was already socially maladroit enough as it was to throw in getting an interest in science would like push it over the edge and I tried to hide it. Did, was your culture different that it was more looked up to or did you not care or was it, how did that affect you? I'm just curious. Let's say in high school where I was in this sense different, they looked at me differently, but it was not like, like malicious, the looks. So it was like neutral and uh, it was not disturbing me and I helped out sometimes solving problems for them like maths or physics problems during the breaks. The, the, my other classmates were, were glad about that, of course. Huh, so it, didn't, it wasn't like a social negative for you? No, not, not so much, not so much. And actually, I always, um, in retrospect now, 
I considered myself like a, in a way an outlier because uh, at the same time I at the university I was hanging out with the cool kids, so going to parties during the night and you know going to the class the next day, trying to stay stay awake. So I didn't uh, consider myself a full hundred percent geek, but uh, I, I I think I did re- uh, pretty well, uh, relatively well at the university. So this is why I, I, I wanted to continue doing my studies, the PhD. So some people might have looked at me as, as, a, as a geek, but I, myself, I didn't consider myself a 100% geek. Okay, cool. And you were about to say something that I interrupted to ask you yeah. about that. So what I wanted to say is that, you know, the second part of your question was about uh, why the change. So I, I was doing, a, even after the PhD, I wanted to do more science. So I, I, I was a senior member, member of research staff at a, at a research center, industrial research center here in Switzerland of a big company. And um, I enjoyed it. But even then, it became even more and more obvious that uh, I have other aspirations or other skills as well, just apart from the execution in science or in engineering. And this is why I was shifting towards project management. And um, Actually, I moved to another position in another company, a similar company, where I was a program manager. I enjoyed working very much with people. And um, I, this side became stronger and stronger, overshadowing my, my physics background and my, my skills. I look at the world, I think a lot of people want to change your behavior with respect to the environment to pollute less, but it's really difficult because we, you know, we grew up, we were born in a world with all these systems in place that were designed in a world when no one guessed that tiny little humans compared to the size of the earth could actually warm up the whole globe and do what now it seems like the evidence is overwhelmingly saying that we're doing. And so these systems are really, it's really hard to change. And people are trying to change laws. They're trying to educate. They're trying to, uh, like they're, they're trying to give you lots of little tips. All these things that I think are not particularly effective. I mean, in this country, in the United States, it looks different in Europe, but in the United States, like, people pass laws or try to pass laws, but without getting popular support and people push back on it. And I love that we have Elon Musk and Al Gore and people doing what they're doing to try to change things. But if you look at the carbon dioxide levels, they keep going up. So what's, what we've done, not, what, everything we've done so far is not working. It's having some effect, but limited. And I think as much as we need entrepreneurs, as much as we need scientists, as much as we need politicians to do what they do, I think we need leaders. I think a leader helps people do what they want to do when they don't know how. So when people go to your podcast, what if I guess it's if someone is thinking about being an entrepreneur or someone is thinking about being a leader or someone is thinking about transitioning from being scientific or technical into being more social, uh, is that what they get from, from listening to your podcast? Yeah. So um, one of the, my target audience is uh, our students. So people who leave academia and they want to become, they want to start a company. Because many times I just had this conversation with one of my guests. His name is Milton Chang. He's from the US, originally from, from Hong Kong. He's a very, very successful entrepreneur. He like four decades of track record in entrepreneurship, two companies, IPO and several companies that he supported, like six companies acquired and another a few um, had an IPO. And um, we discussed this that so people who leave academia, they lack some 
skills that um, are necessary for successfully starting a company, which is business skills. He encouraged listeners that uh, they go to classes during their university studies where they talk about entrepreneurship, talking to at going to trade fairs or going to networking events, talking to other entrepreneurs or salespeople, asking them why their product is, is, a, is, a, is a good product, what their uniqueness is, you know, to, to learn about uh, entrepreneurship. And also he's a big proponent of, uh, of reading magazines, books. He's, he's been reading Forbes, um, Wall Street Journal, and a couple of these uh, quite well-known magazines in different industries where they talk about different industry stories to pick up knowledge. And then with, through an analogy, he could bring best practices to his own business. So this is how I see it. Are you enjoying meeting this guest? Are you thinking about what you care about? I recommend making it active. Think about what you could do, not just analyze and plan, not do what others tell you to, but to live by your values. You'll enjoy your results. People will follow you more than you think and you'll impact more than you expect. Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast for examples of what others have done. So is your podcast more for academics, more for scientists? Is it for everybody? It's for everybody, but I keep definitely the people in mind, those as well who want to start out. And because many times I ask the questions like, how did you found the company? What your motivation was? So going back to the very beginning of, of how a company was, was founded. So it sounds like it'll be especially useful for people who are either just beginning or I bet even more so for people who are thinking about beginning but haven't yet started. And this will give them examples and people that they can learn from. Yeah, yeah, from stories. Because we are all learn from stories. We are hardwired as human beings uh, for stories. This is how we memorize things. So this is how I try to bring through stories told by well-respected entrepreneurs um, lessons from their entrepreneurial career. So now if yeah. you, have a, you have a podcast, you're creating community, so, and then you studied science. So you, between leadership and the environment, are you, do you feel more close to leadership, closer to the environment or both? I love, uh, <laughs> I love both. And I think it's equally important. I mean, I think it's a great uh, idea uh, what you have with the podcast because they go hand in hand. They should go hand in hand, leadership and environment. Because how I see it is that uh, one uh, regarding leadership, the word we comes into my mind almost immediately. So, for example, Obama was using the, uh, these words in his campaign when he, was, he said, um, change we can believe in. So, and, um, you know, to address climate change, addressing climate change with, means that um, right now, Companies have social responsibility and sustainability on their agenda. There are very few companies which don't have it. And apart from this, there are companies working on new technologies. So one notable example that you just mentioned, Tesla. But there are other clean tech companies. But this is not enough because if we continue using the resources at the same rate as, as we are using, one example is the airplane travel. It's been increasing 5%, the number of uh, kilometers, the miles people take per year since like, uh, I don't know, for like 10, 15 years, 5% every, every year. 
exponential and, uh, growth. Exp- exponential growth. And this is definitely, even if you have a you know, near zero emission of uh, CO2 from airplanes, because it's exponentially increasing the demand, you will still not make a big difference. Uh, so this is why the, what's missing, I also share this view with you, that controlling our desire. So for example, if you go out for a drink, you, 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 I think the listeners know it. If you, you decide at the beginning, I just want to have a couple of beers. But in the end, many times, we end up having more than just a couple of beers. And why? Because we have an insatiable thirst for beers or drinking the same way we have an insatiable desire for consumption of other things, clothes or travel, using uh, you know, tra- different public transporta- uh, different transportation options. And this is definitely not sustainable. So this is why the we is important. So that together, each one of us has to, should contribute to this. And there is a, then a cumulative effect. The community together will make, make a major impact. The environment and leadership means something to you. It's not like you're just on here because we've done a podcast together and it's something you've, you care about. Yes. And has, has that evolved yeah. over time? Have you always cared about it or is it something that's meant something more to you recently? Yeah, good question. So I've cared about it for years, but not as much as I care about these, let's say, for the last uh, two, three years. So I had uh, some defining moments in my life uh, the most recent one being that uh, I had a world trip um, after I, I quit my job. So I went away for six months. It was a half a world trip in half a, half a year because I was concentrating on Asia and that part of the world. Mm-hmm. And um, then I had to sell my car. And uh, that resulted in you know this, that today, in, not even today, I, I have a car. So that, uh, that's... That's, that's one effect. And the second is that I like the, even if I'm a guy, I like the going, buying some clothes. Uh-huh. Uh, this is also because of my upbringing. Uh, so you like shopping. This. You like going to the mall yeah, and looking yeah, at clothes. Yeah, which is ridiculous, uh, right? Especially even for me right now. Because after I went onto this trip, since I was doing backpacking, I couldn't carry so many things. It didn't make sense. So I was concentrating on the absolute minimum amount of clothes I was taking. I even took pride in you know, having a minimalistic uh, uh, backpack. And then it, because I, I couldn't buy more things during the trip, because then I, I have to, would have to carry the weight, I basically it, I had to change radically my habit of buying clothes. And after I came back, because it was six months in total, even, not, even now, I don't go shopping. And this is great because, um, you know, I don't have to spend money on it. I don't need space for that. More clothes. Yeah. So wait, you, you yeah. don't, you don't buy clothes or you don't go specific, You don't do like, Oh, I'm just going to go shopping without a reason. I need a strong reason. So I almost wait until an embarrassing moment comes almost like, uh, actually my girlfriend is telling me that, that I should go finally, buying some clothes because they are wearing um, out, wearing off. So that, that, that's not okay, so, so you, good. You do buy clothes. I, you just don't make it. You don't like go on a gratuitous shopping yeah. trip just for like, that's not no. a, a thing. And you know, 
a lot of people, there's whole industries that, that they are, people live their whole lives figuring out ways to make people go shopping just for the sake of shopping. So it's not like for you to say, I used to go shopping, was you being weird. It's you responding to a world that we live in, in which people try to make it so that you want to go to the mall. Once in the mall, go into the store. Once in the store to look at the clothes. Once at the clothes to like touch them and look at the price. And, once, and it's all designed. Like we live in a world that was built that way. It wasn't always that way. That's, we made it that way. Hundreds of years ago, that didn't happen. Everyone made their own clothes. So if I understand you right, you've made, you, something led you to be more conscious of, of a behavior and you didn't like the way you were doing it and so you changed it. And that, is that right? Yeah. Because it was more for me, um, I was forced because I was traveling. I had to travel. I decided to travel. So, um, but it doesn't mean that actually somebody, I was thinking about it, of course, uh, later, it doesn't mean that somebody has to, has to go and force himself to, to travel. Anyway, as we know, it is not so good for the environment. Um, a lot of flights. So you don't have to take that on, but uh, you can... Just do it as a challenge. So if you think that there is some impact, there is some action, some habit that you have, which has a bad impact on the environment, you could change on that by acting on it. Simple. So it's a big change. And one of the things that it brought to you, I mean, the other stuff was like seeing parts of the world and things like that. But one thing was that it got you to change this behavior with respect to clothes to be more minimal. And it's a great, by the way, it's a great segue that what you said is that you, you made a behavioral change that you, if I read you right, it led you to discover your values more. It led you to discover how you affect other people. And you started taking responsibility and realizing that the dyes and the water and all these things that you are indirectly, well, actually, I would say directly consuming and causing to be used up or causing to go into the environment in the case of the dyes and, uh, and how it affects the labor relations in other places. You felt, am I right that you felt responsible for these things? Yeah, yeah, I, I felt responsible, but it's, I would think it's important also to emphasize that it's, I don't think of it only the losses that uh, can come with it, so not the negative uh, part, but also the benefit, which is that the, I gained more time. I don't have to go into the city to look for clothes. I don't have to do, look for things online, but uh, I can spend time I can choose to spend time on other things which are more important for me. For example, reading a great book or uh, doing, working on my podcast, connecting with other people. I love connecting with other people. And uh, this is definitely, this enhances my life. That's the big discovery that I hope that this podcast gives is that when you change your behavior to be according to your values, you don't just not do the thing that you're not doing anymore. If, if, if you give something up, if you stop doing something, you don't sit at home staring at the wall with a new time. You do something that you like more. Like I do a lot of things where I don't do this, I don't do that. Like I don't eat packaged food, I don't fly. And people think of what they're missing, but they don't realize what I'm, I say it as a negative, but in my heart, because of my experience, it's a positive. Like you said, you're reading great books, you're working on your podcast. You I take it that you like podcasting more than you like shopping for clothes. Yeah. But it's generally easier to go shopping for clothes. And so I think I made this phrase up. You have to say no to a lot of good things to have a great life, which is a statement about values. And when you say no to something that you like, but is not the big passion of your life, it gives you time for the things that are the bigger passions. And so I'm sure that 
going shopping for clothes was like, you don't look back at it and say that was a horrible thing to do. So the environment to you and leadership in the environment, what, like, what is the passion there? What does it mean to you? Yeah, for me here, the passion is that uh, if I have a, a more minimalistic lifestyle in terms of everything regarding, you know, using resources or even travel, I feel happier because I, I just have, even psychologically, I have less weight to carry. I don't miss the car. If I really need a car, I would rent it. And I, I do that when I really, really need it. Otherwise, I use the train most of the time. And uh, I try to fly less, though sometimes it's difficult, especially if it's uh, some business-related trip. But uh, you can certainly, if you're you know, more conscious about your actions, you can act on them. So knowing you know, the consequences of it, it's, uh, it helps me at least reduce it somewhat. So I think this is my, my approach to, to this topic, leadership and, and environment. Like in your heart, what looks to other people from the outside, like not material things, is for you happiness, freedom, less weight, resourcefulness, delicious. Did I read you right? Yeah. So the big theme for this podcast is that everyone is going to be on twice. And the first time, one of the things we're going to do, I'm going to invite the guest, you, to commit to something new. And these are the properties. It doesn't have to solve all the world's problems overnight but something meaningful to you. And now other people don't have to care about it, but for you, it has to be meaningful. And the reason I say it doesn't have to change everything overnight is because so many people, they're like, oh, if I make some change, it doesn't matter because if a billion other people don't. All right, maybe if a billion other people don't, it won't make a difference, but it'll be meaningful for you. And something that you choose, so I'm not going to give it to you, but that makes a measurable improvement, something that is, you know, makes a change. It's not simply awareness. Now, I asked you about this. I told you about this beforehand. If you come up with something that you would, you would do, and it could be for a week or for a month, but I ask you when you're done doing it, like say you decided if you ate meat and you decided to go without meat for a week, if that was like a big change for you, I would say at the end of the week, you can go back to eating meat if you want. But in your mind, think about taking it on long-term and think about maybe you could keep doing it for past when it ends. It's up to you if you choose to or not, at least for the time period where you choose to do it, really do it. And then go back or not as you like afterward. But while you're not doing it or while you're making this change, think about keeping the change going. So did you think about something? Yeah. I, <laughs> that's why partially why I also brought up this example, the meat example, because uh, what I want to do is uh, in the next three months, eating uh, beef just once a month maximum. Because uh, beef, even if you replace it with chicken, it's, it already has, a, has an effect. So beef is just the worst <laughs> meat to choose. So I would like to concentrate on the one which has the biggest impact in my diet. Okay, so three months. So between now and three months from now, you're going to have three servings of beef maximum. You may have less, yes. but you won't have more. Yes. And what would you normally have if, if you weren't doing this? Well, I like a burger very much. Even when I <laughs> go on holiday, I, especially when I went alone, in the past, I had burger even every day. Just like uh, women and children, they love uh, ice cream. I love uh, burger as much. So um, you're potentially going from once a day to once a month. So that's a, a <laughs> 30 times, almost, an, yeah. um, almost two orders of magnitude, an order of magnitude yeah. and a half in your language. Yeah. Luckily, I, I don't uh, eat uh, beef every day, even uh, now, except <laughs> when I, I used to go on holiday. But now it's maybe something like at least once a week. 
All right, so it's so, maybe a fa- it's at least a factor for yeah, change. Yeah. So people at home, they're thinking if they don't eat meat, okay, this is for you, it's significant, even if it's not for them. And for people who are eating meat, they're thinking, oh, well, it's not a big deal for him. It is a big deal for me. It is a big deal for you, especially if you did any traveling in this time because then it's an everyday thing. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that after the three months, it will have even more effect on, uh, on my actions, future actions. And plus, what I hope with it, with this change, is that I will start exploring other sources of, of uh, protein, of nutrients. And that's what I want. That's what I predict that our next conversation is going to be about. I, I look forward to hearing how that goes. I'm really excited. I, I, I liked it. And thank you for the invitation. I'm also looking very much forward to, to, to our conversation in three months. I'm impressed with this challenge. I don't eat meat, but from the people I talk to, going a month and only having a little bit is a pretty big deal. So if that's something that you've been thinking about doing, I think you'll get a chance to learn from him. Now, on a global scale, what he's doing is small. It's just one person. But I think you can hear that he likes the challenge. He is looking forward to doing this despite it being challenging. I look forward to hearing what he replaces it with because it's not what you give up, but it's what you replace it with. He's not going to not eat meat and not eat anything instead. He's going to eat other things. So we'll get to hear. I happen to know what comes next for him, which is that even knowing what to expect, he learns and grows from the experience. And for more of that, you'll have to listen to Conversation 2. So listen to Conversation 2. Does hearing leaders acting on their values make you think of yours? Nothing will make you feel better than acting on them. Value means better. Acting on your values means improving your life. Committing publicly helps many people and builds community too. If you want, click on Commit to a Personal Challenge to share what you do with this community. You'll be a leader among leaders. We're more than a podcast. We're a movement to share how acting on environmental values means fun, joy, growth, and so on, not sacrifice or deprivation. If you want to join or help, contact me at joshatspodak.net or at joshuaspodak.com slash podcast. You'll grow as a leader, you'll enjoy yourself, and the world and your communities will thank you for it.